0: Hey, good morning, everybody. It is a pleasure to see each and every one of you today. Welcome to Solana Valley Church, and welcome everyone who is watching on YouTube and on um, Facebook. I know my mom is watching. Everyone say hi, Mom. Hey, Hey, Mom. It's, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to be here today, and I'm so thankful to see you. And I'm so thankful that we have a God is mighty to save, who is compassionate, who is uh, gracious and awesome and powerful and just and righteous and forgiving. Let's stand together and let's celebrate that right now. Our God is mighty to save. What I love about this song is... Does a really good job of explaining what we need and explaining what he can do. So here we go. Everyone needs compassion.
1: Everyone needs compassion. Love that's never failing.
2: Of
1: a Savior, the
2: whole
1: we sing Savior, Savior, He can move the mountains, my God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever, forever salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. And search the Savior. He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Sing it one more time, Savior. Savior the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever under
2: salvation
1: He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Oh, yes He did. Oh, Shine our life for Him. Shine your light and let the whole world sing. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world sing. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. that chorus against Savior, Savior. He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Oh, Savior, He can move the mountain. God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Oh forever Author of salvation He rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave Shine your light, shine your light And let the whole world see His hands of the glory the risen King, He sees us. Stand your right hand, let the whole world sing. We're singing all the glory of the risen King. Let's put our hands together now. Shall we? He can move, You're right. Sorry. you are great. Lord, you are great. How great thou art. Amen. Praise
2: God. He is so great.
0: Well, have a seat for a moment, folks. Um, I'm thankful to have our Bill Rollinson, Bill and Betty Rollinson, and some of our local Gideons here today. Uh, they'll, uh, Bill will be up in a little bit to speak about uh, their work that they're doing and spreading uh, God's word um, all over the world. But speaking of God's word, I wanted to share a couple of verses with you. I'm excited uh, to do this this new song with you. And I read um, a tweet this. I, I follow Tim Keller, Pastor Tim Keller from. Uh, he's uh, a, pr- a pastor in. Uh, Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City. If you're on Twitter and you're not following him, I encourage you to do so. And he tweeted this this past week. He said, you don't get to decide whether or not to worship. Everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what? To worship. I want to read that again. You don't get to decide whether to worship. Everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what or who to worship. Moses announced in Exodus 15, he said, Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness? In Psalm 89, it says, Who in the skies is comparable to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty? is like the Lord. And Isaiah wrote, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. So the Bible invites us to answer these questions. Who is like him? Who can compare? And we have a choice. We have a say in what or who we will worship. And as we sing this next song, I invite you to ponder the holiness of God. Okay? I invite you to think about those questions. Who is like him? Who can compare? This is called Holy Forever.
2: and generations
0: falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb and all who've gone before us and all who will believe to sing the song of ages to the Lamb Your name Your
1: name is the highest Your name You are lifted If you bear his name, sing the song forever. Amen. We'll sing the song forever and amen. And the angels cry, Holy, all creation cry. Holy, you are living. High, holy, holy forever. Do your people sing? Holy to the King of peace. Holy, you will always be. Holy, Is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all Yes it does all power and position your and positions. your name stands above them all Your name your name is the highest your name is the greatest. Your name stands above the law. All crones and prostitutes of ours and positions. Your name stands above the mark and the angels cry. Holy ancient Christ. Holy Be you will always be holy,
0: holy forever. Oh, yes, you will. Let's pray, church, Lord. You are holy, you are awesome, you are just, and you are righteous, and you are worthy of our praise and our devotion. You are worthy you are worthy holy 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 is the lord in your son's name we pray this and we praise you in christ's name amen whoo i love that song as i mentioned earlier i'm grateful to have uh gideon's international with us today to talk about the work that they are doing to make his praise glorious and make and, and make his word known to as many people as possible, and I'd love to welcome my longtime personal good friend. We go way back, you and me, centuries, centuries. <laughs> grew up in Rhode Island together way, way back in the you know, before. No, I'm kidding. Will you welcome Bill Rollinson to the stage, please?
3: I just said four. In Asia, they say, you number ten. That's the bottom of the barrel. Okay, close your eyes and, and just think about a scene. Imagine an upscale home. woman is sitting there, beautiful furniture, beautiful clothing, waiting for her husband to come home from work, as she does each day. All of a sudden, there's a bang. The door opens and he comes in. And what does he say? We are divorcing. It's not up for discussion. You understand? I've had it with you in this whole marriage. We are divorcing. And he walks away from her, refuses to discuss anything about it. The next morning, slams out slams the door as he goes out, and leaves her there sitting, what in the world has happened to my life? And then she thought, I've got a solution. And she walks over to his desk and pulls out his revolver and goes back to the chair and puts the gun to her head. And then as she looks around the room before pulling the trigger, she thought, I have a beautiful home beautiful carpeting this chair why should I mess it up with my brains and blood all over the place men women think differently than, than we do you you realize that she said no i'm going to call a taxi i'm going downtown and i'll do it in a hotel room men you see women think differently don't they huh and she does she takes a taxi, goes downtown, and gets a room. And when she walks into the room, already sitting out by the telephone, is a Gideon Place Bible. And she thought, well, I've got all day here, and i got nothing to lose. I might as well start reading it, which she does. And she gets into the New Testament, and she finds the love of Jesus Christ. And she reads about eternal life. Jesus Christ and she decides no forget it and she turns her life over at that moment and becomes a new creature in Christ we know all this because her sister wrote to us unfortunately uh, the couple did divorce but another soul is destined for heaven now where did this all take place I can never remember the name of the city. I have to write it down where all this took place. Uh, Maybe some of you have heard of it. Uh, It's called Vacaville, California. And, you know, maybe someone right here has donated $5 to buy one of these, and it went into that hotel room. So I say thank you, thank you, Pastor Gary, for allowing us to come here each year and let you know what's happening in the Gideon ministry. Now when you say Gideon and Bible, that you think that's what they do. Placing scripture in hotel motel rooms is only eight percent of what we do. Where is our focus? And we've been around since eighteen ninety nine, school children locally Every junior, middle school, and high school, we visit every year. We're on the sidewalks as the children come out of school, offering them a New Testament, an Orange New Testament like this. And I have to tell you, as the years pass, fewer and fewer children are accepting it. Now, we change our tactics. One of our newest tactics, and it works quite well, is when we give it to them, we say, uh, there's an app card inside. And not, they, they think, an app card? That app card allows them to download the Bible into their cell phones, and it works. Uh, what's interesting, some of you may say, well, we have uh, mixed cultures and languages here in California. How many languages are on that app card? Because this app card is used all over the world. This number keeps changing. As of last night, the app card had, I have to look at this, 1,851 languages. And you can either listen to the Bible or you can read it in 1,850. Now, if I came back next week, the number would be probably a 1,900 or something like that. But our work, and we've been around since 1899, our work happens, is carried out because of the support of churches. That's how we began. It was a pastor who first suggested that you Gideons, you come to the churches and ask for our help. And that goes back decades. And so we've always tried to reach each church because if... We know that if you are praying for us, support us financially, and give us members, we are going to thrive throughout the world. Now, uh, one of the great ways that you can help us and, and help yourself, and I love this program, we call it the Gideon Card Program. I use it every single month, sometimes once a week. Over there, you can take some of these greeting cards And here's how they work. I have in my hand one that says, in memory. You know of a family that's lost a loved one. You send them this card. They're free to you. And inside you tell them how many Bibles you're donating, if it's one Bible. If you donate a single Bible, it's $5. The card is free. How much does a greeting card cost downtown nowadays? Big bucks, and it keeps going up. So I encourage you, uh, before you leave, go to the rack card over there, and we have a variety of cards. Take, take several of them, take them home, and use this card to donate Bibles. Now, we claim that we're an organization of business and professional men, but I want you to know our wives form an auxiliary. They have a special ministry just to the medical field. They go to physician, dentist's office, placing the Bible that I just showed you. And they also go to the nurse corps and give them the White Testament. They do marvelous things sometimes we never realize. We got a letter from a nurse in Texas, and she said, I want to tell you what happened to me. When I finished work one day, I sat down and I wrote three notes, one to my boss one to my physician, and one to the person who is going to find my body. She said, then I took a revolver and stuck it in my mouth. And while I was just ready to pull the trigger, out of the corner of my eye, sitting on my desk, I saw a white testament that some lady came by and gave me. And I thought to myself, what have I got to lose She put the revolver down, and she started thumbing through this New Testament. And she turned her life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm thanking you ladies right now uh, for the work you do. In fact, those of you who are here with your husband, and he's not a Gideon, and he's a business, a professional man, right now jab him in the ribs Tell him to join the Gideons so you can start giving testaments like this to those in the medical profession it'll ch- change a life. so I thank you, Pastor Gary. I know we've been doing this for right now. I calculated i've been coming here visiting with you for a hundred and twenty three years <laughs> plus or minus two years, but I love you too, and i'm going to brag. When their born came along, I was the first person in the hospital room. Say yes and amen. Yes. amen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, that woman is my wife, and I asked her not to say anything while I'm doing this presentation, and she did. So God bless you all. Uh, we have several Gideons uh, here today. You can ask some questions and talk about a ministry. Remember... The ministry doesn't doesn't survive without churches like this.
1: Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. I just love this man. It's just so
4: great having him here and Betty and
3: This is the reason I come.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill, so much. Thank you. Well, at this
1: time, we're going to take a few minutes to greet those around us. So I just want to encourage you, if you see a face that uh, someone you don't know, introduce yourself, say that you're glad they're here today, and then we'll be back together in a minute.
0: All right, folks, we make our way back to our seats. We're going to continue our worship right here. One well, of the things I love about God's Word is that it is full of wisdom. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Proverbs 3 says that we should... Don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge God in all your ways. He will guide and direct your paths. How many of you need wisdom in your life right now? Man, I tell you, it's um, something I ask for every day. And that's what um, this next song represents and celebrates, the wisdom that we can find in God's word when we seek him and when we ask for it. So, I pray that this song invites you or encourages you to do that. And I know you just sat down, but I want to ask you to stand one more time. And let's sing this together. It goes like this. Proverbs 3. Here we go.
1: I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. I lean not on my own
2: understanding.
1: My life is in the hands of the of heaven.
0: Sing it again, church. I lean not.
1: I lean not on my own understanding. We need you, God. My life is in the hands of the You are yeah, lean not on my own understanding. My
4: standing I like
1: this in and I give it all to you I give it all to you God Trust in that you'll make something beautiful out of me I give it all to you God Trust You'll make something beautiful out of me. And I lean not. I lean not on my own
2: understanding.
1: My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven. Oh, I lean not on my own understanding. I give it all to you God. Trust in that you'll make something beautiful out of me. Oh I give it all.
2: I give it all
1: to you God. Trust in that you'll make something beautiful out of me. Once again, I guess I give it all to you. Give it all to you, God. Trust make something beautiful out of
2: me.
0: And before we continue, just think about it just for a second. What is the mountain that you're facing right now? What is the mountain that feels intimidating, that feels impossible to pass, impossible to summit in your life? Where are you needing God's wisdom in a big, big way? Just take a few moments right now, just a minute between you and the Lord, and just pray. Just pray and ask for His wisdom. Wisdom on how to address this situation, on how to deal with this relationship, how to deal with this financial issue how to deal with a physical issue. Lean not on your understanding, but acknowledge Him. Trust
1: you. Oh, I lean not on my own understanding. My life
2: is
1: in
0: the hand of the maker of heaven. I lean not on my own understanding. We trust you, Lord. My life is in the hand Give us to lean not on our understanding help us to acknowledge you in all of our ways in the mountains that we face and just in the regular day-to-day of our lives you are the source of all wisdom you are the beginning of all wisdom and so we trust in you you are trustworthy and we love you and worship you and we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you have a seat, everybody. I just want to share with you a few uh, <clears throat> quick announcements before Gary, Pastor Gary comes up to continue his series on the book of James. Uh, and a uh, couple, couple of things I want to mention. So I'm excited that we've got some small groups going on right now. And uh, if you're not involved in one yet, I want to encourage you to be uh, in one. We have a couple of co-ed groups going on <clears throat> on the week. We have a a men's group on Wednesday nights that I'm leading that I'm loving. And uh, guys, if you're not plugged in, I'd love to invite you to, to join me for that. And then, Joy, you just started one on Sunday afternoons on Proverbs, actually, right? So if you're not plugged in, I encourage you to do so because this is awesome, this corporate worship experience, this is fantastic, and we need this in our lives each and every week. And we also need the opportunity to gather in a smaller group and go deeper into God's word and fellowship and support and love one another. So uh, I, I just invite you to take that step if you haven't done so already. And all of our groups are listed on our app and on our website. <clears throat> Speaking of taking next steps, uh, the first Sunday in December, we're going to have our next baptism celebration. If you have made a decision to follow Christ and you haven't been baptized yet, we want to see you take that next step. And we want to celebrate with you right here. Uh, so you can talk with me about it. You can talk with pastor Gary about it, about, you know, what, what that looks like and what it means. Uh, there's a a sign-up sheet at our table by the front door over there where you can reserve your spot. Um, and so we would be honored to, to, uh, to be a part of that celebration with you. And then that same day, December 4th, after the service, we're going to have a lunch together instead of picnic in the park picnic in the church and we're going to have a pizza lunch and we invite you to put that on your calendar and again another great opportunity to to connect and and to fellowship and to do life with one another so the baptism celebration and the lunch taking place on that day december 4th uh also we're going to worship god again continue our worship with god with our giving. And I just want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who faithfully give and support the ministries of this church. We are incredibly grateful for your partnership in building God's kingdom right here. And um, there are several different ways that you can give, uh, and you can find them all, again, uh, on our website, solanovalley.org. And so I, I encourage you to pursue that if you happen to have like, a physical check here. Um, we still have a checkbook at, at home. Don't use it a whole lot, but we still have it. Uh, and uh, there's a silver mail slot behind the sound booth that you can put your offering in today if you're here and you want to do it that way. So thank you for giving. Um, lastly, I'd like to invite my daughter Katie to the stage, and she's going to give us a brief update on the school supply drive for the 11 kids that we've been working on. Will you welcome Katie, please?
4: Hi guys so today is the last day we are collecting donations and I just want to quickly say thank you because I'm truly overwhelmed for it has exceeded my expectations there is so much and these kids will be blessed uh, I'll be putting together the packages this week and for what I see there's so much <laughs> so outside of the packages I will be donating the extra school supplies to other 11 locations so the kids can have uh, more school supplies supplies there and I just want to say thank you for this it's truly blown me away and I'm really looking forward to seeing all the kids faces light up so thank you yeah
0: right. thank you Katie Pastor Gary you are up awesome
5: good morning everybody how you guys doing do you have enough stuff with me on stage I have a reason for it. I have a reason. It may not be a good reason, but I do have a reason. Uh, I'll explain that in a moment. First of all, I want to say, Katie, thank you so much. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say thank you because what she's doing and what she has done, she's been leading us in the way of Jesus. Did you know that? That's what she's been doing. You know, what she's done is more than cute. What she's done is awesome. She's been leading us in the way of Jesus. She's been leading us in the way of showing compassion to others. And I want to say a really big thank you to all of you who participated. I really appreciate it. I honestly believe that that uh, what the world needs to see in you and me. I'm sorry, I'm working on something here. Okay, I'm not just stalling for time, all right? I, I am maybe a little bit. But, uh, but I think that the, what the world needs to see in the evangelical church today is they just need to see a lot more compassion i really believe that they need to see a lot more compassion and the reason they need to see more compassion is because when people see the compassion of jesus in us they see jesus did you know that that's part of how we make jesus flesh and blood for the people around us so um i've got something here i'm going to try to hide it from you a little bit okay so nobody look is anybody looking yeah you're all looking (laughs) <laughs> all right all right all right i'll explain that in a moment um i want to say a big thank you uh to bill and betty being with us today stay in marshall thank you so much for being here representing the Mar uh, the uh the gideons i really appreciate your work so you're telling me bill right now that if we had the gideon app on our phone we could read the scriptures in 1851 languages is that correct Read and listen. So while I'm preaching today, if you already had it on your phone, you could be reading in Hungarian while I'm preaching. All right. Uh, don't listen to it, though, because it would kind of disrupt the message. But but, you know, 1851, that is an incredible number. That'll be easy for me to remember because that was the year you were born. Right. <laughs> the year after all right all right well he was the one who's talking about we've been doing this for 123 years so uh actually bill i have incredible respect for bill i really do uh just his heart for jesus his heart for for uh distributing the word of god uh and then uh he's truly probably one of the most interesting people i've ever met in my life he really is. He's just one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. I always love going to lunch with you. I really do. I, I I really do. And when you stick around, when when I forget to look at my calendar and I'm a half hour late, <laughs> and he stuck around, waited till I got there. Uh, awesome guy. Anyway, and Betty, you're pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, so what I, you know, I want to do this morning is uh, this is really a part of something important, okay? So I may feel like a little goofy to you, but every once in a while, we need to get out of our stuffiness as Christians. We do. We need to have a sense of humor. I believe Jesus had a sense of humor. I think we see, you know, when you read through the scriptures, you see things that are truly funny, you know? And, and if you want a story about that, I can tell you the story of Luke 24. I'm convinced... Anyway, but I won't get into that. Um, I want you to pretend for a moment this morning that I'm Pat Sajak. Anybody know who Pat Sajak is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Okay, Pat Sajak, Will of Fortune, all that kind of good stuff. And Pat always has to have a lovely assistant, Vanna White. (laughs) I'm asking you to come up, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I told you I have to have my lovely assistant, all right? (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you know, and so you're, you were just elected, alright, by, by these people, right? Didn't y'all agree she was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, fantastic. So, uh, does that look familiar? Yes, it does. Do you know what I'm gonna do? No, I don't. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, uh, so I have here, uh, can you tell everybody else what this is?
4: Coldgate toothpaste. This morning, you asked if I had an extra tube of toothpaste, and I uh, gave it
5: to you. All right. I don't know if y'all can hear that on YouTube and on Facebook, but toothpaste, toothpaste. All right. Uh, I asked this morning because typically when I run out of toothpaste, what I do is I go and I take her tube. All right. That's what I typically do. Uh, but but this morning I was polite enough to ask, do you have another tube of toothpaste? So what I want to do is I want to do uh, something for you. And uh and and so I just want to do a little bit of an experiment together. Is this okay? We're we're doing this experiment. Wait a second, let me move this. I won't bill to see this, okay? Alright, so um, so what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna see how much toothpaste I can squeeze out, okay? So alright, so you know I should have some kind of music playing in the background right now. So can you hum something please? <laughs> lovely (laughs) lovely (laughs) lovely noise all right so so i am i am uh she probably didn't we can take it home and use it later okay she probably did not expect me to do this with the tube of toothpaste this morning okay uh so i am um do you think it's all out no no you're right it's not okay so um so there's there's actually, you know what, this is the lesson. There's always more. Right. Um, OK. Uh, and so what I've done here. So so there it is. I mean, could I get more out? Maybe if I had one of those little roll up things, I could probably get a little bit more out. OK, roll it up, Jim. Get it all out. All right. All right. So there we go. There we go. All right. So I did my part. Now, I'm going to ask Joy to do her part. Could you please try to put some of this back in here? Could you get it back in the tube for us, please? No. How many of you would like to see her try to put the toothpaste back? If I had the right tool. You guys are way too nice. When I did youth ministry, what we would do is we would have... The guys would squeeze it out, we'd make the girls put it all back in, and if I asked, do you think I should ask the girls to put it back in? everybody'd be like, "Yeah, you know um no. or, all right, so you're well, if that case, I mean, could you please go dispose well no actually, I'm just going to leave it right there. Okay. I' am just leave it right there all right, love you, thank you, love you. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, I appreciate my wife. Never kiss, <laughs> he never gives her a kiss, okay, well, that's probably good because they're Married to other people, okay? So, but we're married to this, each other, so it works for us. Okay. All right. So what I want to do for you, and I know this sounds totally crazy, totally crazy, but this is what I want you to do right now, right now, I want you to turn to someone close to you, and I want you to tell them, words are like toothpaste. Okay, now turn to someone else and tell them. Okay, Roger, words are like toothpaste, bro. Did you know that? They are. Words are like toothpaste. You know, it's a lot easier to get the toothpaste out than it is to put the toothpaste back. Does that make sense? It's always easier. I I remember a guy telling me one time, you know, I just, I just speak what's on my mind. He had said something to me that was kind of rude, you know. He's giving me his opinion about how I should lead the church. I just speak my mind. I'm like, you know what? You don't have enough mind to speak. I didn't say it to him. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, bro, you, you need, you know, sometimes we excuse rudeness by saying we just speak our mind. I'm telling you, it's a lot harder to put the toothpaste back than it is. To squirt it all out. This is what the Bible says. What does the Bible say to us about our words? And I want you to turn to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. If you have your Gideon app, let me ask you this. Do they have the NIV translation on the Gideon app? Okay. So anyway, if you have your Bible, if you have a phone app, turn to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Feel free to read from your favorite translation, Hungarian, Latin, whatever that is. But I'm going to be reading from you from the NIV 2011 text. But this is God's word. Okay? This is God's word. On our, our our speech, on how we use our tongue. This is what the Bible says. Verse 1 says, not many of you should become teachers. Not many of you should become teachers by fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Let me pause there for a moment. Why does James tell them not let, not let not many of you become teachers? And in, all throughout the Scripture we see we see things like we see like parents you need to teach your children. Now parents need to teach their children. They need to teach their children the Word of God. I think bringing your kids to church, bringing them to Sunday school is a fantastic thing. But I believe that parents are tasked with the responsibility of teaching their children the Word of God. The Bible tells us that older men are to teach younger men, that older women are to teach younger women. And the Bible tells us that that elders are to be able to teach. And if you read through the Bible, and you read through the book of Hebrews, and you get to Hebrews chapter 5, the Bible says this. And and the writer of Hebrews, you you can hear the frustration in his words. When he says this, he says, by this time, you should be teachers. By this time, you should be teachers. But you still need someone to teach you the basic elementary principles of the word. There are some people who can, quote, unquote, become Christians, show up in church, Week after week, month after month, year after year. But they never arrive to that point. And the truth is, is that not everybody is supposed to be a preacher, teacher up here. But we all have people that we're supposed to be teaching the word of God too. Are you with me here? One of the reasons why we like to gather together, study the scripture in community. Like in our small groups. Is because we learn from one another. We learn from one another as we look at the Word of God together. So, who is James speaking to here? Uh, most likely, uh, in I'm not alone in, in, alone in my opinion. Uh, from what I've read, from different commentaries, stuff like that. Most, most guys, most guys, most uh, commentators all. Say basically the same thing is that in this situation, James was speaking to younger believers in some of these some of these gatherings, some of these churches, and they were seeking to be teachers of the word of God more because they were seeking the prestige that came with it. Not that teachers of the word of God have a lot of prestige in our world today, and I'll show you that in a few minutes. But, but it, back then, it was in the Jewish context of the synagogue, but also the early Christian context. It was a respected position that carried with it a, a level of merit. In fact, when you look at uh, how the Bible lists people as ministers of God, it, it puts apostles, prophets, teachers right there together. And so what James says, what James says, and I'm going to Hurry past this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I'm going to tell you, that scares me. I will be judged more strictly because of my role as a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. I will also tell you this. I'm a cyclist. I'm a cyclist. You're like, what, what What does being a cyclist have to do with this? Okay, I'm a cyclist. I'm also a driver of cars. Okay? When I see someone riding their bike on the wrong side of the road, or I see them doing stuff that impedes traffic in a way that is unsafe for them and other people, I get super frustrated. You know why? Because when they're on their bike, they're representing me. I get super frustrated when I see people who are so-called preachers, teachers of the Word of God. And I'm not saying there's a lot here. But I'm just telling you, some of them sell a lot of books. But when I see people teaching and preaching the Word of God in a way that's not consistent with the context. Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. Really does. Just my pet peeve. Okay? Um, Here's the thing is. I will be held accountable for how I preach and teach the Word of God. It's not my job to hold other people accountable. God has appointed me the judge of those people. But this is what I know, is that I have to speak and preach and teach the Word of God in a way that is true to Scripture. Not just that it attracts a crowd. Verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. By the way, this is why... We all stumble in many ways. Who stumbles in many ways? We all. Who wrote this text? James. Yeah, we're reading from James. James says we. You know what we meant when James said that? When James said we all stumble in many ways, he meant he stumbled in many ways. Did you know that? We all stumble. When I say we, I mean me. Okay, I'm not standing in front of you as a guy who does not stumble. I'm standing in front of you the same way James did, saying we all stumble in many ways, not a few ways. Now, this is why preaching this text is so hard for me, because this is probably one of the areas I stumble the most. I probably stumble the most... And how I sometimes use my words. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault and what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Again, I'm sorry, this is not the sermon, but I just want want to ask you a question. Do not answer this aloud. When was the last time you apologized to someone for what you said? Now here's the thing. Is if we're not apologizing, my guess is, well, what does the Bible say? Anyone who's never at fault in what they say. If we never apologize for anything that we say, there could be a disconnect in our hearts, in our minds, in our relationship with God. You know Why? Why? What does the Bible say? Anyone who's never at fault with this, if I'm never telling my wife, I'm sorry, what I said was wrong, there's no excuse, will you please forgive me? If I'm never saying that to my wife, it could be that I'm faultless, never at fault in anything I say. Anybody believe that? I didn't think so. Or couldn't he? I'm being proud honestly believe that one of the marks of healthiness, spiritual healthiness in our lives, is the ability to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, there's no excuse, will you please forgive me? And I'm going to work on this. Does, does that make sense? If I can stand up and preach today, it's only because I had to say those very words to my wife yesterday. Alright? I had to say it to my mother-in-law. Two days after the wedding of our daughter. All right. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouth of horses, anybody ever ride horses? I used to when I was a kid. My grandfather had a couple of horses. I used to get in trouble for riding the horses too hard, okay? Uh, But, you know, those horses were hard to control with a bit. They were impossible to control without a bit. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Small bit, large animal, it controls the animal. Or take ships as an example, although they are so large... And today they're even larger. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. Small part. Uh, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. Think about that. This last fire season, you know, praise God, was not as bad as it's been in previous years. And the reason it wasn't as bad is because all of California has already burned up. But you and I know, I mean, some of us have had to leave our homes on occasions because of fire danger. We had one family in our home who lost their home. Or we've had one family in our church who's lost their home. You know, a small spark, it could be a chain on a freeway behind a truck. Small spark hits dry grass and it burns a 100,000 acres, homes and people die. Small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. By the way, I miss when Six Flags Marine World used to be Marine World, where they really, you know, with the killer whales doing the neat stuff and the dolphins and stuff. We can train all kinds of animals, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. We even lift our hands to do it. We sing it in songs. We praise our Lord and Father. And with our tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both Fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? The answer is no. No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? The answer again is no. Or a grapevine bear figs? No. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The tongue is a small part of the body that can create great pain, damage. Um, Insensitive words to a tender child can wound a child, scar them. Did you know that? A word of anger to a child can wound them. And scar them. Uh, An unkind, harsh word to a wife, husband, done again and again and again can destroy a marriage. Those two people may never get a divorce, but they never may never experience the intimacy that God intended. Words can rip apart families. Words can rip apart churches. Did you know that? You know, one of the things that grieved me during COVID was the angry words I saw by so many people who call themselves Christians in churches over how to think about and how to face COVID. Instead of being united in Christ, we let differences of opinion about how to handle COVID divide us. It became the marker of whether or not a pastor was truly following God. Oh, you require a mask? Then you must be a liberal. I heard that. Folks, I wore a mask. I am not a liberal. I know the creeds of the faith. I know the creeds. I have read the creeds. I have read the Bible. Through again and again and again. I am very conservative in my theology. By the way, I'm very conservative in my politics. But I'd like to think I'm a compassionate conservative. I don't want to be a proud and arrogant one. Words can destroy churches. Words can destroy communities. Communities. They can destroy a nation. Oh, I don't know if any of y'all have read much of church history. Bill has. (laughs) He lived it. (laughs) Um, You know, after, uh, you know, Halloween, October 31st, also happens to be Reformation Day, which Bill will know that, and some of you may know that. It's Reformation Day. It's the day that, 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 that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Thesis on the Wittenberg door or if you're German, Wittenberg door. And uh basically one of the things that, that Luther was really focused on was an abuse in what was called the cell of indulgences. If you don't know what all that's about, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The thing is is a lot of us like to glamorize the Protestant Reformation. This is what if you've never read church history, you need to understand this, okay? You know who was killing Christians during the Protestant Reformation? It wasn't Muslims. It wasn't Jews. It was Christians. It was Christians killing Christians. Oh, you want to be baptized as a believer in Jesus? You want to be baptized? You know what they called someone who wanted to be baptized as a believer in Christ? They called him Anabaptist. Anabaptist means rebaptizer or rebaptize. That's what it means. It was a derogatory term, very offensive, kind of like the N-word in our world, our culture today, just inexcusable. And so what they would do is they would take these Anabaptists. Oh, you want to be baptized? They would baptize them, not like we're going to do on December 4th, okay, not like that. But they would baptize them until the Bibles stopped coming to the top. They held them underwater until they drowned. They killed thousands. Thousands. There was so much anger and hostility and rage between Christians and Christians. By the way, we've seen it through COVID. We've seen it through COVID. We've seen it. We've seen it over race issues, over COVID, over politics. And I'm like, where is, where is? Where? Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. I am gentle and humble of heart. I am gentle and humble of heart. Where is the gentleness, the humility of Jesus? All right. Irresponsible words destroy, destroy. So let's get to the application side, okay? Okay. Did I make you all sufficiently depressed? I can go on a little bit longer if you like, okay? I'll, I'll make it fast. I'm sorry. Uh, four things to do, four things to do here that you can do to do it differently and do it better. Number one, use your words to build up, not tear down. Okay? Use your words to build up, not tear down. Let everything you say, this is what the Bible says, Ephesians four twenty nine. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That's what the Word of God says. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Yesterday I got a text. I got a text from my daughter. She sent it to, uh, her Nana, my mom, her Aunt Angie, my sister. Uh, she sent it to me. She sent it to, uh, to Joy. Uh, she sent it to, to Caleb and Jessica, Caleb's wife. By the way, did y'all know we're going to be grandparents? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. There, I just hijacked the, 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 the message. Uh, yeah, the, Jessica's pregnant. Uh, but she was writing to Jessica. She, she wrote to, uh, to Faith and wrote to Sean, her husband, her new husband. And I'm, I'm not going to read you all of it. I'm just going to read for you. I don't want to read for you what she said to me. I want to read for you what she said to her mom. Can I do that? Because y'all know joy. And you know her well. And this is what she she texted Joy. I am thankful for you, Mama. She is grace. She is mercy. She is beauty. She is courageous and brave. Nothing. Nothing can stop her. Her joy is like like a spring from the earth. It's not dependent on its outside circumstances. It is dependent on the source beneath. Her source of her joy is the Lord. She is an incredible mom. And I'm so blessed she is one of my best friends. You know, we can use our words destructively or we can use our words constructively. What the world needs to see more of in Christians is they need to see us using our words more constructively. To build up one another. Not tear one, one another down. Not to demonize people who choose to think differently about COVID. Number two, first, use your words to build up, not tear down. Number two, never reveal the confidence of another person. The Bible says, Proverbs 11, those who are trustworthy, keep a confidence. Real quick here, those who are trustworthy, keep a confidence. People need someone to confide in. People need someone to confide in. You need people that you can confide in, and people need you that they can confide in. I thought this was really, really interesting. I'm sorry, I looked this up. Those who are trustworthy keep a confidence. See, it's a mark of being trustworthy that you're able to keep a confidence. So I did a Google search about you know who's the most trustworthy person in the world, and I came across I came across this article written by Gallup. Y'all know the Gallup polls, Gallup the organization. They do a lot of polling, kind of like Pew Research, similar to that. But they they did this poll, and they 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 told people about the most trusted profession, okay? Can anybody guess the top three most trusted professions? Doctors were number two. Armed forces, actually military officers were fairly highly ranked. Teachers were number three. Number one were nurses, okay? You know who was at the bottom, the bottom three? Did somebody say pastors? No, 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 no. At the bottom three were members of Congress, (laughs) members of Congress, Uh, car salespeople, and lobbyists, (laughs) lobbyists came in at 5%. (laughs) Lobbyists came in. You know, pastors, I'm glad to say pastors actually edged out mechanics we are at thirty percent, thirty-six percent over thirty-five percent. That means you can trust thirty-six percent of what I say today. All right. Um, never reveal the confidence of another person. I'm going to give you an exception here, unless they threaten self-harm or harm to others. Then you have to, you have to. If someone's threatening harm to themselves or another person, you've got to speak up. You really do. Okay. Number three, never listen to or repeat the gossip of other people. It's kind of like related to that. The Bible says a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. So never listen to or repeat the gossip of others. Finally, fourth way, and I'm not going to go into this as much as I was intending to. I'm going to try to make this short and simple because I will get long here. Number four. Fill your heart and mind with the gentle and humble words of Jesus. Fill your heart and mind with the humble words of Jesus. If we are filling our hearts and our minds with the gentle and humble words of Jesus, then we will be shaped by those words. The Bible says this, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Fill your hearts and minds. With the humble and gentle words of Jesus. And not the angry words of our culture. There's a time when if your news feed is creating in you fear, anxiety, mistrust, and rage towards those people. Then you are being discipled. By your newsfeed instead of being a disciple of Jesus. If you're listening to a politician and as you listen to him over and over again, you find yourself mistrusting those people. You find yourself fearful, anxious about those people, outraged at those people. Do you need to quit listening to your politician and be discipled by Jesus? You don't want to be discipled by that kind of stuff. Uh, Folks, in the pulpit, whether it's me, whether it's Dave Isom or any other pastor. Folks, when I get it wrong, I need people who are on my side. I need my wife to speak up. My wife told me. A few weeks ago she felt like there wasn't enough grace in my message that day. She felt like it was too much truth. It felt it did not it felt like I was getting the words right but the spirit wrong. I have to have people like my wife, people like Matt, people who I know are in my corner. I don't need people who are going to pick me apart. I need people who are for me. To help encourage me to keep working on getting it right. The reason I'm raising this is there are some teachers you have no business listening to. Okay? I'm just going to tell you that. There are some teachers that you may be listening to right now on Christian TV. You're listening to them on YouTube and you need to stop. I'm just going to say that. If If the humility and the gentleness of Jesus is not in them, if they are Preaching about politics more than they're preaching about the gospel. One of the things I see a lot in our world today, and this is grieves me and I think it grieves God, is that some preachers are preaching moralism. They're very angry that non-Christians are living like non-Christians. Why would we be angry that non-Christians are living like non-Christians? You know, Jesus invited tax collectors, and sinners to his table. Jesus never preached moralism. The Bible says Jesus proclaimed the gospel. See, the gospel is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. And when we are saved by the gospel, we will be changed by the gospel. And we as Christians have to get back to the gospel. I'm sorry, I think I'm saying this a little too passionately. I apologize. It may come across as being overbearing or angry. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Do I drift there? Yes, I do. But folks, I have a concern for you. I have a concern for you as your pastor. I'm very concerned about who you're listening to and what you're listening to. I am concerned sometimes by what I see posted on Facebook by Christians. I just see a lot of... A lot of divisive words. And some of us need a break. We need a break from our social media. All right. Fill your heart and minds with the gentle words of Jesus instead of the angry words of a hostile culture, an angry culture. As the Bible says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up, and I'm going to pray for us. God, um, beginning with me, I pray that you will help me to be shaped by the gospel. God, instead of being angry and incensed, I pray that you would help me to be passionate without being angry. God, help me to not fall into self righteous indignation. Help me, God, to love people well, to serve people well, to be kind with my words so that people see the humility and gentleness of Jesus in me. And Lord, I pray this for me. I pray this for every member of this church. God, I pray. The gracious words that build up would fill our marriages, fill our homes, fill our conversations. And I pray, God, that it would draw many people in our neighborhoods, in our community to Jesus. And I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen.
0: Thank you, Gary. And I second that. Amen. And I want to invite you to stand with us and let's offer words of praise and honor and worship to the lord uh before we head out today let's sing how great thou art one more time together
1: Thank you so much for being here with us today. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time.